0: Good morning and happy Veterans Day. I want to say thank you to all the men and women who are serving and who have served our country. Um, That that video is so poignant. Because I want to ask the question, and this is really our big idea for the day. Are you the bullhorn guy? Are you the bullhorn guy? You may think, well, no, I'm not like that. I'm not that strange. Um, But in the message... You just might find out that you are. We're going to be ending today our series in the book of Jonah. And we found out what God can do through a jacked up prophet. Because this dude is messed up in the head. God comes to Jonah and says, I'm going to give you my word. I want you to go tell Nineveh uh, that I've had it up to here. And Jonah says, I'm not going that way. So instead of going 550 miles to Nineveh, he goes 2,500 miles in the opposite direction to goes towards Spain to a little town called Tarshish. And uh, he is not there yet because God sends a storm and he's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Uh, they, uh, the sailors don't know what to do. They find out it's Jonah. They throw Jonah overboard. Jonah's drowning And in Jonah 1.17, a big fish, God arranges a big fish to come and swallow Jonah. So Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days, three nights, starts praying, okay, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And the the fish, like, vomits Jonah up on land. I mean, he's like the flying preacher coming out of the sky and lands on the ground and stuff all over him. And he says, okay, I'm going to go to Nineveh. Last week, Danny talked about what happened in Nineveh. It was the biggest revival in history. I mean, people came to know Jesus and the Lord more than any other time. I mean, it's like the entire city said, I want God. And Jonah, that would be a great, great place to end the book. I mean, if you think about it, Jonah could spend the rest of his time on Larry King talking about How uh, he spent, uh, he was just the preacher. He could write a great book called uh, The Purpose Driven Fish. Um, He could, uh, I mean, he could go around and he could charge, you know, thousands of dollars to speak and speak at these conferences. And he could go on Oprah and be on Oprah's book club and Dr. Phil and all of this stuff. Great place to end it. But the story doesn't end there. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I wish it did. Because it, it kind of ends on a bummer of a note. Look at Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. If you can't read your Bible, or if you can't... Not that you're ignorant, but because of the light. And, and uh, we're going to have the, the verses up on the screen. Um, Jonah 4 1 starts with a word, but. Anytime you see the word but, you just like, uh, shouldn't go there. But it does. So all of these people come, have had repentance, revival. I mean, all these people are going to be going to heaven. But but this change of plans upset Jonah. And he became what? I'm sorry. Let's say that again. He became what? Very angry. Thank you very much. Very angry. I know how easily you could cancel your plans for destroying these people. Jonah says, just kill me now. Just kill me now. Jonah's saying, forgive them over my dead body. Over my dead body. Have you ever said that to anyone? Probably not. you probably not said it in a while, because that has just a har- a harshness of it. You're going to forgive them over my dead body. Is there anybody that you just didn't want to see to go to heaven? Is there anybody that you just didn't want God to forgive? That you would rather see them in hell than to see them saved? It could be the person who abused you early in life. Either verbally abused you or physically abused you. You just, you cannot forgive them. And you don't believe God can forgive them. So you would rather see them go to hell. Could it be somebody who's broken up your marriage? Somebody who... Cause you to lose your job. I mean, you just, you don't use this word a lot, but you hate them, and you're angry with them. God changed his plans and forgave the Ninevites. Has God's plans ever, his change of plans ever upset you? That you had your life perfectly mapped out, and then you had a but. Then you had an an interjection, and it's just like this, oh, what happened? Come on. What were you thinking, God? Why were you thinking this way? Why did you change your plans? I mean, isn't it maddening when God doesn't behave us? Isn't it maddening when God doesn't do what we've told him to do? I mean, we put our quarters in our little prayer Coke machine. We pushed what we wanted, and we should get it out, right? Isn't it just frustrates you to death when God doesn't behave? In these verses, in the the first three verses of Jonah chapter 4, he uses the word I or my nine times. He makes it very clear that he has an eye problem. And I'm not talking about an eye problem that's fixed with eyeglasses. But it's all about him. It is all about him. And that is the problem of Jonah. So God is going to teach Jonah. Jonah a lesson. Jonah's angry. That literally word "anger" literally means red hot. He becomes so angry about what he just saw. Now, what did he just see? He saw a citywide revival. I mean, think about Jonah chapter 3. Jonah goes into the city and he says, my name's Jonah. Go to hell. It's basically what he does. There is no turn or burn. It's just (laughs) hell is a hot place and it has your name on it. Thank you very much. That's what he does. Seriously. He doesn't say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. It's none of that. It's like, <laughs> you're fried chicken, and I'm going. I'm going to eat some. So he, he is so angry. He, he, I mean, he preaches God's word, but he, he preaches it for the wrong motives. I mean, it's amazing. He, he prays to God. We only see Jonah pray twice in this book. Once when he's in the belly of the fish and the second one when he's angry up on the hillside wanting Nineveh to fry. Are you like that? Do you pray to God only when you're in trouble and when you're ticked at him? Because that's how Jonah was. What a great prophet. Dude's a, dude's a nut. All right. So verse 2. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say this before I left home? I mean, <laughs> he's at home... Sitting on his couch, before God ever came to him with this word of the Lord, he's at home sitting on his couch with the remote, eating food that ends in Edo's, and he's sitting there, he's just chowing, and the word of the Lord came and screwed up his life. That's what he's thinking here. He's saying, isn't this what I said before I left home? In fact, the original language says it like this. Wasn't this my word? And God's going, "Whoa, whoa, 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 your word? You have no word here. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and Jonah says, but isn't this my word? It's very arrogant. Isn't this what I said? I I did what you did. Now you keep up your end of the bargain, God. Kill him. Kill him. Isn't this, didn't I say this before I left home, that you would do this, O Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew. So he has some great knowledge here. He's been reading the Bible. He grew up in Sunday school. I knew, now he's quoting Exodus chapter 33 here. I knew that you were a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. How does he know that? Because he learned that in the belly of the fish. Remember when we talked about that? That the belly of a fish is not a great place to live, but it sure is a good place to learn. He learned about God's grace and mercy while covered in fish gastrointestinal junk all right so i know that you're gracious and compassionate god slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love i knew how easily you can cancel your plans for destroying these people just kill me now just kill me now, now i gotta be honest with you if i was god you know what i'd do i'd kill it say okay you're done i'm pulling the plug you're out of here aren't y'all glad that i'm not god you're going sure enough all right just kill me now lord i'd rather be dead than alive because nothing i predicted is going to happen oh jonah reverts back to his old ways this is not the same person that we saw in the belly of the fish this is not the same person who's, who's praying to God and who's singing to God in Jonah chapter 2. Even though God hadn't delivered him yet, he's not on the shore. He's still in the belly. He's praising God. He's quoting, your mercies are new every morning. I mean, he's talking. He's talking a good game. But look at here. This is not the same person. The, 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 the person we see in Jonah chapter 4 is a different person than we see in Jonah chapter 2. And I want to know, are, are you like that? I wonder if any of us are on chapter 4 and we're acting like we did after we've had our chapter 2 experience. Beware of instant change backs because it's very easy to go back to your old ways. It's very easy. It's easy to fall back. It's easy to just do the things that you've been doing and get in the same rut that you were in before God delivered you. Beware of changing back Verse 1 and 2 I'm going to read again Chapter 4 But this change of plans upset Jonah And he became what? Very right. wonderful So he complained to the Lord about it Didn't I say this before I left home That you would do this Lord? That is why I ran away Now we see the reason why he left He got on the boat going towards Tarshish I knew that you were gracious and compassionate Slow to get angry You don't like to hurt and harm people That's how God is. And filled with unfailing love. That word unfailing love is the Hebrew word for grace. You're all about grace. You're all about grace. I knew how easily you could cancel your plans for destroying these people. Jonah is ticked over God's impartial grace. You see, Jonah thinks that he's better than these Ninevites. Have you ever thought you're better than anybody? Well, I'm better than them because I go to church. God loves me more than He loves them. Eh. You're wrong. Well, I'm a better person than because of I make this much money, or I'm in I'm in this club, or I have this skin color. Give me a break. God loves everybody. He gives impartial grace to everyone. What I believe Jonah's trying to say here is, God, I believe you have poor taste. You shouldn't be saving these Ninevites. You have poor taste. Do you know who they are? Do you know what they've done? And God says, you know what? Their sins are in the past. They've come to me. I love them. I love them. And it's what's so cool is God does that with each and every one of us. He even did it to Jonah. God's going, you know what? I remember you ran for me, but you know what? I've forgiven you. You've asked for forgiveness, and that's in the past. That's in the past. So he flips out. You know this God's anger is always his last resort, never his first. God's anger is always his last resort, never his first. Romans chapter 2 says this God's kindness leads you towards repentance. That is exactly right. God wants us to turn, and he's kind to us so that that would happen. His kindness leads us towards repentance. Have you all ever disciplined your kids out of anger? I've got to be honest with you, I have. It's never good. Anytime you discipline just out of anger, we kind of flip off and fly off the handle. God never does that. He doesn't just flip out. That's it. When I get you home, boy, you're done. What in the world? I mean, when you go, when you go to Walmart, I, I, dear Lord, you go to Walmart and you're going through the aisle to check out, and they put all of these toys, and you got the lollipops, and you got the, oh my gosh, and you just flip out, and you know you can't beat them in public because somebody's going to report you, but when you get home you're done you're done god never does that he never does that he never just just freaks out in any of that (laughs) jonah just flips out he's ticked so god asks him a question look at verse four and the lord said do you have a good reason to be angry what a good question have y'all ever just been angry and don't know the reason why That's happened to me. You just kind of flip out. You don't know why. Something small just pushed you over the edge. All right? I mean, you've just... I mean, God... Jonah is angry because God has saved an entire city filled with people. And God says, do you have a good reason to be angry? Well, notice Jonah doesn't answer that question. He just keeps on going. Let me say this. Anytime we tend to overreact or lash out... It's someone out of anger. That is a good indication that somewhere in our life we are bitter towards someone. Somewhere in our life, in our past, we are refusing to give a lack of forgiveness. You see, Jonah was f- refusing to forgive the Ninevites because they were bitter enemies against his country. I and mean, Remember, this is modern-day Iraq, Nineveh is. Who are you w- willing to, un- to, to not forgive? I mean, and you may have great reasons to forgive them. And this is what we have a tendency to say. This is not on my notes, but just follow me on this. Sometimes we say if I forgive them, then I I no longer um, give validity to what the hurt they did with me. Yes, they did hurt you. But God commands you to forgive. Jesus says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You see, when you get anger and you're bitter and you choose to unforgive, to not forgive anyone, does that hurt them or you? You better believe it. I mean, when you're angry and you're ticked and you're grinding your teeth and you're up at night because you can't sleep and you've got ulcers and all this stuff, that doesn't hurt them. It's hurting you. So forgive them. Forgive them. It's amazing. God forgives you and I even though we do such horrible things day by day, week by week. God is calling you to forgive him, bless you. All right. So God asks the question, do you have a good reason to be angry? It's actually more better translated this. Does your anger bring about any goodness? Is there any good in your anger? You know, there can be good anger. There could be a righteous anger. But there can also be bad anger. Well, how can you tell the difference? Look at Ephesians four 26. I'm going to read this. If you go with me, just put your hand in Jonah because it's going to take you 30 minutes to find it again, all right? Um, Jonah, uh, Ephesians says this. In your anger, do what? Do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's how you know. How many of y'all ever went to bed angry with your spouse? Come on, let me see your hands. I can raise my hand up, all right? been there. God says this, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Then you say, well, I'd be up all night with them. You're right. You're exactly right. Don't let the sun go down on your angry. Why? Look at the next verse. Don't leave room for the devil to work. You see, when you are bitter and you don't forgive and you're angry and you let the sun go down, what happens is you give the devil room to work. And that's exactly where Jonah's at. Jonah has given the devil total room to work because he's got a bad attitude. Bad attitude. Look at verse 5 of Jonah chapter 4. Then Jonah went out east of the city and made a shelter to sit under while he waited to see if anything would happen to the city. So he goes outside the city pouting, goes outside, he gets on a cliff, crosses his arms, he says, okay, I'm going to wait. I said 40 days, and I believe that when he preached this message, I think everything happened on the first day so he gets out of the city and he wants to wait so he's 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 doing his tick marks on a rock one two three four five slash six seven eight nine ten don't you know that was a long 40 days for jonah he's sitting there angry i mean picture jonah i mean he is up he's got box seats he's up there he wants to see the show He wants to see some fireworks. He's got his ice-cold Coca-Cola. He's got his buttered popcorn. His heart is still far away from God, and he wants to see some burning flesh. He wants to say, Woo! I want to see the show! Because he knows that he went just a couple days before he got the bullhorn. You're going to hell. You're done. Thank you very much. And then I believe he maybe even sang some songs. God will, God will rock you, uh, rock you, uh. Oh, what about this one? Na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. He was the bullhorn guy. I mean, he wants to see, he wants to see the other team stomped. He's nuts. And hear me. You and I can be just like Jonah. Keep on laughing because it's coming to us in just a sec. So he goes up and he goes up. And and remember, in Iraq, modern day Iraq, it can get 120 degrees. So he goes up and he builds this shelter. He builds this little shelter to get some kind of comfort from the heat. Now, where did he learn to build this shelter that it talks about in verse 5? It wasn't because he was a Boy Scout even though I don't think he was a very good boy scout, the whole be prepared thing, where did he learn to build this shelter? This is interesting. In Leviticus 23, now I just didn't call you a name. That's Leviticus. It's a book in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 23, God tells his people, the Jews, to celebrate a holiday, kind of their Independence Day. Ours is July 4th. Well, they celebrated their Independence Day from Egypt because they were in bondage in Egypt and God says I want you to celebrate it This would be a day that you all get off work holiday just like tomorrow (laughs) All right, so I want you to celebrate this holiday and it was called the feast of booze Now it's kind of strange, but let me tell you what they did. It's a feast of shelters What they would do? I'm reading out of Leviticus 23 verse 40 Collect palm fronds, palm branches, and other leafy branches and willows that grow by the streams. You must observe this seven-day festival to the Lord every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be kept for all future generations. During the seven festival days, all of you who are Israelites by birth must live in shelters. That's the exact same word that's used in Jonah 4, verse 5. Exact same word. This will remind each of the new generation of Israelites that their ancestors had to live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt that I, the Lord God, am your God. This festival was to show God's faithfulness after he rescued them from Egypt. So do you know how Jonah knew how to build this little shelter? Jonah learned how to make these shelters by every year, every year he did this, by weaving these long branches. By celebrating this festival from year after year celebrating the goodness of God. So he's up on top of this cliff looking down at the city of Nineveh weaving these branches that he knows how to do because he celebrated the deliverance of God and he wants to smell rotting, burning flesh. That's just strange. That's strange that somebody could experience so much of God's grace can be so bitter or is it that strange? I believe so many times we can be just like Jonah and we can be like the bullhorn guy. Some of the most hateful people I know are church people. The ones who've experienced the grace, the goodness, and the deliverance of God. Christians are some of the worst tippers. I mean, you can leave here and go to lunch And you're going to give somebody a quarter. You know, that ain't right. That ain't right. We can be so mean. We don't show grace to others. But what we do show is judgment. And one of the things that Danny had mentioned last week, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish for everlasting life. We know that when we see it at football games. Verse 17. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. If God does not, if Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, then what are we doing? Why are we picking up the bullhorn? You know, I believe Jonah, if he was here, I I did what I told him to do. I I told him the message. But he didn't do it with the right motive. He didn't do it out of love. Because love is everything. Verse, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says this, If I could speak in any language in heaven on earth but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. A clanging cymbal. How many of y'all want me to not to do that one again? That is how we sound when we have no love Because it is all about love It is all about love We must speak the truth But we must speak it in love So what does god do for jonah verse six and the lord god arranged a leafy plant just like he arranged a fish Arranged a storm He arranged a leafy plant and it soon spread its broad leaves over jonah's head Shading him from the sun. Remember where this is taking place. 120 degrees. It's hot. All right. This eased some of the discomfort and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Oh, praise Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for this shade. We love you. Praise Look at he, this. eased some of his di- discomfort. Who is it all about? It's all about him. Because it's all about him. It's all about him. Lord, I'm so happy. Thank you. Notice his emotions are... are he, he's down one minute. He just wants him to die. And then the next minute he's all high. He's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. All right? And this is all without drugs. Um, he's, he's low and he's high. And he's low. And he, you know what? You know why he's like that? Because his circumstances changed. You see, it's amazing. When your circumstances change, your feelings change. See, some of you are really sad in here today. And if I got out, if I had the money, and if I got out a check and wrote you a million-dollar check, and it was, you could cash it, do you think you would be happy then? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, you betcha. Sure enough, yeah, I'd be happy, all right, because your circumstances have changed. And that's why it is so, you got to be careful, because your emotions can change in a minute, and you cannot base your walk with God on your, with your, by your emotions. Because you're going to be high one minute and low the next. That's why you cannot base your spiritual walk on emotions because they change so quickly. So many times we live our spiritual lives up and down and up and down, and God says, I just want you to be steady. Look at verse 7. But God also prepared a worm. Isn't it amazing? God goes from a storm, a big fish, um, a worm, a plant, And God also prepared a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it soon died and withered away. God says, God told the fish, whale, and the whale goes, yes, Lord. God tells the worm, worm, and the worm goes, yes, Lord. I mean, it's amazing. Everybody is obeying God except who? Jonah! This dude, I'm amazed. And let's keep on going. So God appoints the worm to cut down the big branch, the, the, the plant. What does that also tell us about God, that God controls the good and the bad? There was a reason why the plant had to go, because God wanted to teach Jonah a lesson, verse 8. And as the sun grew hot, God sent a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. So he arranges a wind. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Verse 9, then God said to Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry about the plant? And Jonah says, dadgum right I do. You betcha I do. I'm angry. I'm angry. I have good reason to be angry. In fact, look what it says. I'm even angry enough to die. Again, the original language, we lose some of this, but it has the word on the die. It's almost damnation. All right? So, yes, I am... Dang, dang, and you know I don't mean dang. That's what Jonah's saying. You betcha I'm angry. I'm ticked. Well, we get to the last two verses of this book, and God gives him perspective. Well, Don't we all need perspective? Verse 10 says this. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. And it's a plant only at best. It's short-lived. Jonah, what God's saying is, Jonah, you have a priority problem. You, Your priority is you and plants and all this other stuff. And my priority is people, verse 11. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. There are more than 120,000 people who do not know God. And God says, I have people that I care about, and you're ticked about a silly plant. Get over yourself, is what God's saying here. You get your high off plants, I get my high off people, is what God says. I care about people. And hear me, God will get behind any any organization, any church, that puts God and people first. Verse 11, but Nineveh has 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Now, if that's not enough, look what it goes on to say. Not to mention all the animals. Where does that come from? Shouldn't I feel sorry for... God says, listen, if the people... Even if you're angry at the people, man, they've got hamsters down there. They've got some dogs and some parakeets. The cats, they deserve to die. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. I said it. Hey, send me your emails, chris at exitonechurch.org. Anyway, God said, listen, if, if you don't even care about the people, what are you about the animals? And you know what? The book ends right there, blank screen, ends right there. What does Jonah do? And it's really the question that I have to ask you, what will you do? Will your priorities, what will your priorities be? Will you value people or will you value everything else, including yourself? As we end today, I really do believe that Jonah came around and that he he really got right with God. You know why? Because somebody had to write the book. I believe Jonah wrote this book. And I believe that he didn't sugarcoat his silliness or his bad attitude. He said, I really was this much of a geek. I really was. I was really this selfish. And I'm telling you because we all have this tendency to be this selfish. Let's pray. Lord, Lord as we went through the book of Jonah, Lord, I've just been so burdened. Because as much as I make fun of him, I see myself in him so much. Lord, I can be bitter. I can be angry. Lord, I can be angry even though you've graced me so much. And you've given me so much love. Lord, I pray that all of us in here, that we would always be reminded how much you love us. And how much we should love others. Lord, your word says that they should know that we are Christians by our love. Lord, I pray that you would make me more of a loving, kind, gentle person. And Lord, that you would make us all. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.